Where's a good station? Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill. I'm here with my longtime friend and buddy, Guard Dog Steve. Hello, everybody. We got Team Guard Dog here ready to have God speak through us because you definitely don't want to listen to us. It's time to hear from God for an hour or so. That's what we pray for, Lord, that it's your words, not ours. Oh, I wholeheartedly endorse that prayer, Steve. Yes. We do not want to hear from Bill or Steve. That's true. It's true. We want to hear from your... Your spirit, God. Yeah. We want that out of your belly flows rivers of living water. Our audience need not that any man teach them. That's right. But we have an anointing. You're right. And we know all things because of this anointing. Right. And this anointing teaches us and guides us into all truth, I believe it says. Yep. And what does it teach us? To remain in Christ. That's it. To abide in Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit teaches us in 1 John 2, 27. To abide in the vine. Yes. And that's what we've been praying about. We're asking God to, to use us and speak through us. Abiding in the vine is what bears much fruit. Yes. God manifesting himself through us is what bears much fruit. Bearing fruit is another way of describing manifest. Yes, it is. Your life, it says in 2 Corinthians 3, Guard Dog Steve, is a living epistle manifestly declaring Christ's life through you. Is, is that what the Greek word is, a, epistle for you are living letters? It is, yeah. It's the word epistle. Where Paul starts out in 2 Corinthians 3, he's defending his ministry. And he's got a bunch of Judaizers. We talked about those guys last week who were telling him to go back to the law, back to commitment, back to self-determination, human effort, keeping the law. Not much changes, does it? (laughs) And Paul would not give in to them for a moment. Mm -mm. And we talked about last week, he prayed. He said, these people, these Judaizers are a thorn in my side. He said, I prayed three times for God to remove them. And God said, no, no. 
because why would be a good my, my grace is sufficient for you my grace is all you need i can grace you through any situation you need grace not me to fix those problems for you you just need my grace and my grace will let you shine as we go through those situations together that's a secret that's a mystery paul said and it's the secret to contentment maybe if you wouldn't mind steve you think you could review the last couple podcasts sure sure it's almost like we we don't need to be saying in the last podcast, but actually the last few has been running themes. And that's probably a better way to describe the review as the last few podcasts. We were toggling these ideas, but it was just like Paul was saying, God told him his grace was sufficient for Paul, because God's manifestations are sufficient for Paul. God knew that he would be manifesting himself through Paul, and that was all that Paul needed, were those manifestations, because it's those manifestations of Christ that this whole new covenant is predicated on the whole idea you were born again. Christ was put in you. I'm in the pains of childbirth till Christ is formed in you. He is in you. He matures and does ministry through you. And when he's doing that, he's manifesting through you. Where two or three together, I'm there in their midst. And I'm speaking. And then the, the whole letter of 1 John is about fellowshipping with the Spirit. It's all predicated on understanding what born again means and that you have the spirit of God dwelling in you. You are the earthen vessels that the spirit of God dwells in so that the all surpassing greatness of God's power may be seen to be of him and not of us. So we carry him around. He does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And then we simply give him the glory. If people were thinking we did it, we did the good deed. We say, no, it's Christ in me. I have received Christ and he does for me all these good things that you see me doing. He is my source of kindness. Would you like to receive a source of kindness so you can be kind too? And that what Steve just described, giving him the credit, is what First John calls practicing the, the truth. The tr John, the, the letter of John calls practicing the truth. Really felt like correcting me there. I yeah. said First John. <laughs> first John. <laughs> well, I've got that gift. So these Judaizers are given Paul fits. Pretty much a lot of the letter of Second Corinthians is he talks about these these guys. Tough letters, first and first and, and second Corinthians. They were to a motley crew. And Galatians, he Oh yeah. He he doesn't hold back in Galatians. I wish they'd go ahead and emasculate themselves. The people that want to circumcise, he said, yeah, yeah. I wish 
That is putting it out there. Just got the shivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Second Corinthians three, they are Second Corinthians chapter three. Paul is talking about these guys, and he says, "Should we go there?" Yeah, that'd be good. Okay, okay. I'm pretty much there, uh, unless you want to just try and quote it, Bill. Do you got it from memory? I used to. I let me try it. Does it start out? Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need as some letters of commendation as coming from you or us? You yourselves are our letters, literally epistles, manifestly proving that you are a epistle from Christ, known and read by all men, an epistle not written on tablets of stone, but on tablets of fleshly hearts. Did I butcher it? No, and it clearly said in their manifesting, uh, you, you did it perfect. It's our Greek word, phaneru, and it's where we get the adjective shine. Yes. Shining examples, living epistles. We are living, and that's neat that you you found out that the Greek word was the Greek word for epistles, because the epistles are, in a sense, they are the the writings of the covenant. They spell out and teach us about this new covenant that we're under. Wouldn't say the judicial system, but it's how it's organized by an attorney for the sake of a a contract. These led these epistles make up between Acts and Revelation. They make up the contract that we as Christians live under, and they have plenty of terms of art which are. Things that say, for the sake of the contract, we're going to tell you the definitions. And there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of words defined like you are, because of the contract, you are a living epistle known and read by all men. Yes, you are a chapter in a book, basically. Yes. A page in a book, maybe. Yes, yes. And this book is to be, it says, known and read by all men. And that word known is gnosko. It's, it's a experiential order. Yes. When people are, when you are manifesting the qualities of Christ, you are being read and experienced, known and read by all people. It, it's the things that Christ has continued doing. You remember in Acts 1, 1, where Luke, the writer of Acts, yes. says to Theophilus, I'm writing to you again, O Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to teach and do. Well, Jesus was dead. And Luke is saying he's just beginning his ministry. He was doing it through the apostles and does it through you. He carries out the script 
of God, the script that God has for him to do. He does it through you just like he did it on earth. Yes, and these works that he's doing through us, manifesting through us, are the the manifestations of the Son of God, the work of God. And how we talked about last week, we had to show that the law gave the manifestations of the old man. Get that, say that again. The law was the book, the book of the law was the book that showed the acts of the flesh or the manifestation of the flesh, or as Galatians say, the the acts of the flesh are obvious, and he gives a list of them. A bunch of things that you don't like about yourself is manifested through you. And that's the flesh is manifested through you. Yes, the edemic nature, the nature of Adam comes out through you, and it it's, it's the nature that embarrasses you when you manifest. That's where embarrassment comes from, is from Adam. But now you're manifesting the life of Christ, and you're referred to as a letter, and you're actually referred to as a letter in a book that's being known and read by all men. One thing that I don't want to knock anyone or sound like I'm knocking anyone, but here I go. Uh, You know what? I'm going to knock myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I used to read every book that ever came out on the book of Revelation. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, here's the latest. uh, And we we know the late great planet Earth. And I I like Hal Lindsey. Actually, the guy's got some really good writings on law and grace. But they're not known about it. It's, I it's, know. It's the late great planet, planet Earth, Earth and that supersedes them. Yeah. But there was a lot of those books in the 80s and people come up with headlines and they say, oh, oh this this is right out of the book of Revelation. But they maybe, used to actually worry you. <laughs> That's another thing caused yeah. high anxiety. Right. You um, took it to heart. Oh, I took it to heart. And I don't, in all those prophecy clubs? There, there was at least two times when I thought the end of the world was coming. 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come in 1988. <laughs> Do you see how funny that is, you guys? It's funny now, but it it worried yeah. me. Yes. And I think the guy wrote a, a book the next year, 89 Reasons. Yeah. Not why I was wrong, but why... Yes. He's going to come in 89. I think he lost all credibility. He didn't do 90. No. But that's funny. But but you say that to say this. I said that to say this. Or rather to ask this. So I'm going to ask the guard dog, what is the book of Revelation about, guard dog Steve? Gosh, it says right in the very beginning of the book. The book is... A book about the revelation of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, meaning all the manifestations that Christ did throughout the annals of time, including in me and you, were going to be revealed 
in the book of Revelation. It was all about Christ. The book of Revelation is genuinely about Christ. Not predominantly, it's all about Christ. Just like the whole Bible is all about Christ. It is. So I got that right. The title is the book. Mm -hmm. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. Which God signified and sent his angel. We should say a little about that word signified. Okay. Or let's just say it. Let's just pronounce it the way it's spelled. Signified. It's all in signs. Now, where do we get the signs? Not on CNN. No. Not on the news. Not on... The- not, not by watching the headlines. Oh, Rexella. No. All the signs come from the Old Testament types and shadows. The whole Old Testament was like a jigsaw puzzle. You bravo, say. Bill. Bravo. Say it. I'm not even going to say I'm going to let the writer of Hebrews say it. He said in Hebrews 1.1, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. In his son. In his son. And actually goes on to say whom he also made the ages, which is another Bible study or two. But he made those ages with a purpose. Ages have beginnings and endings. Yes. And there there was purposes, as you just said, for them Mm -hmm. to reveal Mm -hmm. a, a part of the puzzle came through. This age, and then this age, and then this age. Yeah, yeah. I think we got to look at First Peter too, or Second Peter too. We definitely have to because it carries the thought that was mentioned in Hebrews right along for a bit. Get wait, wait until you can get a handle on this. It says in First Peter, say starting in verse nine, we've obtained the outcome of our faith. The salvation of our minds, meaning we believe that Christ died on the cross for our sins. And when we've had a bad day and we've messed up and embarrassed ourselves, that good news, that gospel is a safeguard for our minds so that our minds don't eat our lunch and condemn us and condemn us and condemn us. But it goes on to say, as to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiry, seeking to know what person or what time, get a load of this, the spirit of Christ within the prophets was indicating as the spirit of Christ in the prophets predicted the sufferings and the glories to follow. 
it was revealed to them, these prophets who Jesus was speaking through, that they were not serving themselves, but they were serving you. So back in the history of Israel, these prophets were saying something, and they knew that they were serving you and me. Wow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by what? By the Holy Spirit. Does it say the, even angels long to look in? Yeah, the, it's this Holy Spirit who was sent from heaven. It was sent to speak in the prophets, to tell them stuff that benefited us so that we could hear it by virtue of the Holy Spirit within us, that we'd have eyes to see and ears to hear, spiritual eyes and ears. But it says this spirit that was sent from heaven was talking about things that even angels long to see. It literally means they stoop down does to look at this grace, the idea of this grace and the gospel that was preached through these prophets long ago. The angels were watching. It wasn't strictly for man's benefit. It's the same thing that it says in the book of Ephesians that I've been sent to preach this manifold wisdom and all that was purposed for Christ to do for the angels and authorities in the heavenly realms to witness. Wow. These angels are looking into this revelation that these prophets from old predicted as they were, as the spirit of Christ in them was just speaking sound bites through them, just sound bites, phrases, just a couple sentences that made no sense at all. That's why it said those prophets who said those things and didn't understand them, they searched the scriptures they made inquiry into the scriptures to try and figure out what they had said. They did not know. It did not make sense. But a lot of them were the prophecies of Christ being nailed on and on. These prophecies go. But they said them. They did not know what they meant. And it was Christ in them predicting the future. It's just mind-blowing that Christ is scripted to speak through them more scriptures that were to be written in the future. The whole thing was scripted out. That's why the Bible is called the scriptures. It's the book about everything that was scripted for Christ to do. And it was veiled to them. Yes, which is what the book of Revelation actually means, the unveiling of this puzzle, this jigsaw puzzle that, as you mentioned, or as Peter mentioned, all the prophets had a piece of it, 
didn't know how it fit together. It was still veiled to them. And Paul in 2 Corinthians 3, he says, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to the people that only had the law or that were under the old covenant and are perishing, meaning they're in their endemic mind. The, The mind of the flesh is death. They have the eyes of the endemic mind, the all the senses of the endemic mind. And it says that this gospel is veiled to the natural mind, the natural eyes, the natural ears. That's why you need ears to see. That's why you need no, light. You need ears to hear. You see with your ears there, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited. Yeah, yeah. You need ears to hear, enlightened eyes, and a mind, and the mind of Christ to understand. Yes, this is all coming from Ephesians 1, 15 and following. It's great prayer to memorize. So this gospel is veiled, and Paul is saying, you are living epistles in this book. You're living letters in this book. And you're known and read by all men. You're manifesting Christ. Your manifest letters of Christ. People are reading the book with unveiled eyes. That's what 2 Corinthians 3 is all about. In other words, we're living letters just like those prophets were living letters that were read. They made statements that were recorded in the Bible. And you and I are walking little Bibles for everybody to listen to or read, metaphorically speaking. But they listen to our speech and they watch our conduct. And if we're walking by the power of Christ and living that exemplary life, they're learning as much from us as they would be from reading the epistles. Yes, they are. We are living epistles. But here's the part that matters, Steve. If you're still living by human effort or the law, this gospel remains veiled. Yes. Not my words. This is what Paul said. He said it. As long as you follow Moses, which is what he means, Mm -hmm. the law, the gospel is veiled. But when anyone turns to Christ, Jesus, Jesus, and says, you're my source, you're my life. You're my wisdom. You're my wisdom. The veil is removed. Is removed. And they can see all Jesus in the Old Testament Instead of all those 613 or 14 do's and don'ts that Israel failed at doing. And that is why when we get to the book of Revelation, as we said again, it's literally the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So let me take you to chapter 1, verse 1, and I'm going to read the book of Revelation of the book of Revelation. And I'm going to read it from the New American Standard, 2020. 2020. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must take place. And he sent 
and signified it by his angel to his bondservant John. It is the unveiling of Jesus Christ by Jesus Christ. The book is about him, and the book was written by him and given by him. Jesus scripted the book of Revelation through John, just like he scripted it through the Old Testament prophets. He scripted it through John, and it was about himself. Just like he told the Pharisees, he said, you diligently search the scriptures because you think in them is eternal life, but I'm telling you the scriptures testify about me. That's why at Guardians of Grace, we're telling you that the scriptures testify about Jesus. And the book of Revelation is no different. It's the unveiling of Jesus. There's no doubt that Jesus Christ was veiled to the Pharisees who memorized the Bible. Yeah. But didn't see it. But, But still couldn't see it. It remained veiled. But the good news is it's being unveiled. So it is the re- the unveiling of Jesus Christ. That's what the whole book of Revelation is about, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So let me just read it. Revelation 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place, and he sent and signified it by his angel to his bondservant, John. Okay. Verse one. So can you break that down for us? Because so far what I'm seeing is the verse is saying that they're going to unveil Jesus, but it seems like there's a method or a way that they're going to do it. There is. That's what you're going to expound on. The method he uses is called signifying. Remember, it said that, and he signified it by yes. his angels. Yes. So what does that signification? <laughs> Dude. The best way to understand signified is just to say it like it's, pronounce it like it's spelled, which would be signified. He, he, he's signifying it. He's giving this revelation through... Signs. signs. He's yes, and these signs are found in the old covenant, veiled. They are the pictures of the puzzle that we talked about that so the prophets brought these, up. These veiled scriptures are the veiled letters that the prophets were only allowed to say certain phrases of, and they didn't know what they were saying, and they were knowing it was for future prophecy. It is. Now, going to show something, those things that they said that nobody could understand is now going to become understandable. Or unveiled. And it's unveiling Jesus. These were all these signs. The signs come from Moses, you could say. All of the guys. Yeah. All the prophets. The Old Testament was the signs. Gave many types and shadows. They were types, shadows, pictures. Or signs. Yes. A sign is not the literal thing. Let me give you an example. When you see golden arches, what mm-hmm. do they what does that sign point to? Exactly. 
Good place. example. It stands for McDonald's. That's right. This is the place you go get a mm-hmm. Big Mac. You see mm-hmm. the golden arches. Mm-hmm. So there were golden arches in the Old Testament that we yes. would have to look at to see where the McDonald's is in the book of Revelation. Right. The golden okay. arches are not the McDonald's. Mm-mm. They're pointing to Jesus. To McDonald's. Yes. The signs, the signified are the signs in the Old Testament, and they are pointing to Christ. Okay. That's so that was a powerful verse. It, why it told we had us a lot. All the festivals, all the sacrifices. They were all signs. They were all signs, yes. Exactly. Now, so we see that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's given by Jesus Christ. Okay, so it's it's about Jesus, and Jesus is the one who gave it to to John. John. Yes, through the signs. If it's about Jesus Christ... It's an objective genitive. If it's from Jesus Christ, it would be a subjective genitive. Okay. And which which one is it? This one, it happens to be both. both. It's about him and from him. In fact, there is a very raging scholarly debate on whether to call it an objective genitive or a subjective genitive. Ooh, do tell, do tell. Well, let me just read this one scholarly note from Net Notes. Okay, you got to do it in a scholarly voice, though. That's the tradition. Okay, scholarly voice from the Net Notes on Revelation 1 1. The phrase, the revelation of Jesus Christ, could be interpreted as either an objective genitive the revelation about Jesus Christ, a subjective genitive, the revelation from Jesus Christ, or both. Our interpretation would be of a plenary genitive, which would be the revelation of Jesus Christ and also by Jesus Christ. Say what? So we have a plenary genitive, boys. And what is a plenary genitive? It simply means that the revelation of Jesus Christ is about Jesus Christ as the subject, and it's from Jesus Christ as the author, the source. Amen. Plenary genitive. Plenary genitive. Okay. The key point is it's about him, and it's from him. Okay. Okay. And it's unveiled, and it's signified. Right. Right. So... That's what we had to learn to dissect that one verse. Yes. So let's go go ahead and, since we're still talking about living letters, living letters, chapters in this book, let's go to Revelation 5. But before we go to 5, a couple quick things. Okay. I promise, yep. I promise yep. I'll be quick. Revelation chapter 3, he finishes up with the dialogue from the seven churches. Yes. The last thing he says is, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Door in the Bible is opportunity. Yeah. And how many sermons have you heard about him knocking at the door and you should just let him in and sup with him? Countless. (laughs) Countless. So he says, I stand at the door and knock. 
what did we say about the sin in Genesis 4? Behold, the sin is crouching at the door, looking for an opportunity for death. (laughs) Amen, brother. And now Jesus says at the end of chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock an opportunity for resurrection life. All we've got to do is open the door and let him in for resurrection life. He stands at the door and knocks. How many sermons have you heard preached on that? Yeah, like I said, countless. Countless. So now we move on to chapter Chapter 4. Well, before 5, we get to 4. Chapter 4, a whole new chapter. A whole whole new new chapter. chapter. And you know where it starts? Right where 3 left off. Give us the the last verse in chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will have fellowship with him, and he will have fellowship with me. Chapter ends. Chapter 4 starts. And he says, Behold, I saw an open open door door. in heaven. Yeah, it was never telling us that we have to open the door in fellowship with Jesus like all those sermons. The door was open. That's good news. That is great news. I've always missed it all my life because I was always told, I got to, they're telling you to open the door for Jesus. And I was always thinking about opening the door for Jesus when, when, the book of Revelation is t- trying to reveal something t- for me. He said, I stand at the door and knock, and the door opened. And now the revelation of Jesus Christ, his resurrection life, is, been re- is starting to be revealed. Amen. So chapter 4 says, I saw an open door in heaven. Then it goes to chapter 5, and it says this. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written, this says on the inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. Really on the inside and the outside, right? You remember in, yes, say that again. Yeah, it's really, it was written on the inside and the outside of the scroll. Isn't that what Paul said in Second Corinthians 2? Three, we were just over. You show yourself to be a living, living letter, letter written on the inside on tablets of human hearts mm-hmm. and known and read, written on, on the, the outside, outside in your life. Written on the inside and written on the outside of our lives. The outside is the manifestations of the life of Christ. In other words, we the could, resurrected life of Christ. In other words, we could say the First Corinthians chapter was it First Corinthians or Second? Second Corinthians three. We read on the inside and the outside. Yes, it's written on the inside. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus what Revelation in us, says. The hope of glory. Then it's read on the outside when Jesus the hope of glory manifests himself. He comes out to play. You remember in Matthew 23 when Jesus is letting the Pharisees have it? Mm-hmm. And he says, he calls them hypocrites three or four times. And if you get down to Matthew 23, 25, he says, you hypocrites, you're washed on the outside, but inside you are dead man's bones. Those are the same two words. They are exothon... <laughs> From without and esothen from within. 
the exact same words that he says, I saw a scroll. The word scroll is is actually Biblion. Biblion. Biblios, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it Biblion or Biblion? I think it's that, Biblion. Yeah. I think you're right. It's, we get our word Bible. Bible. Book. Mm-hmm. And books have epistles. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul said. You are living epistles. epistles. Resurrected life epistles. epistles. Jesus said, I stand resurrection life at the door, an opportunity, that's what door means in the mm-hmm. Bible, to manifest the life of Christ, to for people to read this book. The same thing Paul said, you are living epistles known and read right. by all men, experienced and read by all men. Yeah, they all people see us and read whether we are of Adam or of Jesus. And that word biblion or biblios mm-hmm. is the same word later in Revelation when it talks about the book of life. Mm. And you actually know how it's actually reads in the Greek. It doesn't say the book of life. It is mm-hmm. the the Go biblion ahead. The book of the life of the Lamb. Makes a big difference. Yeah, if you read it right, you can understand, because all my Christian life, I always thought it was a ledger. It's been told to me, I know I heard that a hundred times, that it's a ledger. It's a biography of the life of the The Lamb. lamb. The book of the life of the Lamb, the biography of the life of the Lamb, Jesus, his biography. And we are written in his biography. In other words, it's the book of the life about the Lamb of God, Jesus, all that Jesus did, that book records. And when Jesus has done something through Steve or Bill, it's recorded in that biography of Jesus, the book of the life of the Lamb, not the book of the ledger, the book of the life of the Lamb. When Jesus, according to God's eternal purpose, is doing things through us and we're not taking the credit for it, Truly, our reward is up there because we are written in Jesus' biography. Bill, Jesus did this through Bill today. Yes. And that stores you up treasures in heaven, but it also gets you into the biography of Jesus. If once you realize what it's saying, the book of the life of the Lamb, the the biography of the life of the Lamb. Once you realize it's a biography about all that Jesus did, then you realize how we fit in to that book and what that book looks a little bit like. We are part of that story, part of the script. We are the living letters. In other words, when Jesus is going through us and people are reading us and know, knowing that it's Jesus in us, then that is that chapter of the book, that epistle of the book. We are little epistles that emanate Jesus. We, we shine Jesus, and that's what makes us these little 
Letters. Letters, or really, we should say epistles. That's what it is. You guys are epistles epistles known and read by... All men. Can you go back to where you were talking about in the beginning of Acts, where Luke records, I'm writing to you, why again? Luke says to Theophilus, the guy who commissioned him to write book of Luke, and then the book of Acts. And at the beginning of the book of Acts, Luke says to Theophilus, Oh, excellent Theophilus, uh, I've written to you about all that Jesus began to teach and do. Well, he was dead. It was over. He he didn't begin it. It it ended. It ended. If you're So we thought. Then it, it ended. Luke should have said, at the finish line, at when Christ was over. But he said, just the beginning can only be grammatically explained if you realize that he came back down on the day of Pentecost and was born again in 3,000 people and has been entering in to people through the born-again process, through the gospel, he's been entering into people to manifest himself through them, which each time he manifests himself through them, they are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, or the Book of the Life of the Lamb. Let's get that straight. The Book of the Life of the Lamb. We are written in the book when he does it. My mind is being blown here. Yeah. Why do we call it the Acts of the Apostles? Shouldn't it be the The Acts Acts of of Jesus Jesus through the Apostles? Yes. Yes. So if Jesus is going to do something after he's been crucified, it's going to be have to be the resurrected Jesus. Yes. The one that's standing. Yes. Looking for opportunities mm-hmm. to manifest himself. Do, do you remember in, in Romans chapter 14 where it's talking about don't judge your brother because... Oh, yeah. Kinda, Who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. And stand he will... Because Jesus is able to make him stand. That's right. It's the same histomai word. Mm. I stand at the door and knock. It's all saying the same thing. It's good news. He is able to make us stand. There's other places in these epistles where it says he is able to make us stand. The letter kills and the spirit gives life. The letter was an opportunity for the ministry of death. death. But the Spirit is what resurrects us us. and gives us life, and that life is recorded because it's not our edemic life. It is the life of the Lamb Mm -hmm. of God. We each have an edemic book ourselves. Those books burn. And in, in Revelation 4, remember, he's saying, I saw this scroll with writing within and without on the inside and the out, but no one could open the scroll. No one could open it to see what it says. It gives all these sounds that he heard and kind of a, a fuzzy picture. And he said, I heard what was like the roar of a lion, but he looked and he saw a lamb on the throne. 
And he said, the Lion of Judah has qualified to unveil the letter. And it was a lamb. It was a lamb. Not only a lamb, it says a little lambkin. A little lamb. It was a little like lambkin. A, the, li- the book of the life of the little lambkin. On the throne of God. What Jesus was doing that day on the throne of God would be written in that book. Yeah, what he, and what he was doing, he was sacrificing that endemic life so that he could bring about a brand new resurrected life of Christ to live in us through his spirit to do for us what we can't do for ourselves and, and proclaim the gospel through people, living epistles known and read by all men. And these living epistles make up the book of the life of the Lamb. It's awesome. Yes, it is. It is. It's a lot better than the ledger theory, that's for sure. (laughs) Tell me now that manifesting is not important. Yeah, right. See, it all ties together. Manifesting means read by all men. Yes. It's an idea that you have to take root in. You have to understand that all these epistles, when you get to the epistles, it talks about manifesting Christ quite a bit. And it teaches you all kinds of things. That's why Paul said, this is my way of life in Christ Jesus, with Christ Jesus manifesting himself through me that I teach everywhere in every church. Everywhere in every church I teach this way of life in Christ Jesus and not in our human effort. But I teach letting Christ manifest through you, Christ the hope of glory shining through you, and then you give the glory back to Christ when people give you glory. You say, it wasn't me, it was Christ in me doing this. Practicing the truth. Yes. And that's what it says. You show yourself to be a manifest letter of Christ, written not on tablets of stone like the Ten Commandments, but on tablets of human hearts, Yeah, known and read by all men. And I'm so sorry it took that long, but it, it's a hard subject to get to. It is. There's a lot of groundwork that has to be laid and so many angles to it that you have to try and tie in and make coherent. It, it's not like telling a, a skyscraper sermon where you're just saying story after story, story upon story upon story till you've made a skyscraper of stories. It's easy to say Johnny ran up the apple tree and walked back down the apple tree or something like that. But it's not easy to talk about the manifest spirit of God in you. No. So we apologize if if it took us a long time to get there. It does. You got to treat the book of Revelation very, I don't know how to say it. Maybe I don't need to say it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's a a wild book. But the Bible as a whole is all saying the same thing. It's all about Christ. That's what I'll say. And your life needs to be all about Christ, what Christ does through you in giving him the credit. That is that new covenant that we're under. We're under the new covenant, which is the same as 
when Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, I believe it's 27, to those people who are without law, I became as somebody without law, though I myself am under the law of Christ. He's under the law of Christ, and you're beginning to get a mental image of what the law of Christ is. It's about the judicial side of being under the law of Christ is about giving Jesus the glory for what he does through you when he manifests himself through you, which is predicated on you knowing that he manifests himself through you, but you give him the credit and that's what stores you up treasures in heaven. These are some of the rules of the new covenant that he made of the covenant of the law of Christ. James calls it the perfect law that gives freedom. And he says, speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom, that it judges you. And it judges you whether you gave Jesus in you the hope of glory, the glory for what he did that you are now being glorified for. You say, don't glorify me, glorify God. Then you are what it says in John chapter 3, you are practicing the truth. The truth of the matter is we don't manifest all this kindness from a human source. We don't manifest all this love from a human source. It's all manifestations of God. If we're loving people, if we're loving people, we're Godding people. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to have to basically pick up where we left off in the next podcast. We'll end this one, but there's a sense in which it's incomplete. We just got the foundation started to yeah. to build on it. Yeah, of a broad, broad biblical teaching. It is so good. But this was good, too, to see that you're a living epistle. Yeah. Yeah, and to understand that verse. You've read that verse, oh, I'm a living letter. Okay, yeah, it has no meaning to me, but there is meaning to you. It's part of the book of the life of the Lamb. It's an epistle. Moses mentions that book in Exodus 30 or 31. Exactly. Blot me out. Yeah, well, (laughs) we don't have time for it here, but maybe next time. Yes. Yes. So with that in mind, I'd like to just close us in prayer. Father God, thank you so much that you're beginning to allow us to get a handle on what the new covenant looks like. This new covenant whereby we are no longer on the performance Ten Commandment treadmill. And now we are in the covenant where he puts his spirit in us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And we give the spirit the credit for doing what we can't do for ourselves. We say, no, it's you, Lord. So you be glorified for allowing us to have the ears to hear and the eyes to see and the mind that understands these truths about this new covenant that we live under, Father. Thank you so much. Anointed with your spirit of wisdom and revelation, Father, in your son's name we ask. Amen. Amen.
Good night, you guys. We love you. Good night. We love you.